MP, it's our final event of the year. Oh, it's all a bit sad, Bretto, but after four big events for 2018, we are going out with a bang with one more wellness base camp, and the location for this one is regional Victoria, the great town of Bendigo awaits. Oh, and how's this for a lineup, MP? Bendigo will be rocking with the rock star of wellness, Damien Christoph. The art of self-love angel herself, Kim Morrison, hits the stage. As will the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. And I'll tell you what, Steph's presentation at the summit on fasting was a showstopper. You'll be there, Bretto. I'll be there too. And Wendy Stewart from Wendy's Way will be there to share her inspirational story, which really did go off at the Wellness Summit earlier this year. It's Saturday, October 27 at the beautiful All Seasons Resort Hotel in Bendigo and tickets are selling fast. Two for one tickets for this one day of inspiration, information and empowerment are available at thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's right, folks. Get your two-for-one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com before they run out and then the price goes up. Finish your year of wellness in style at The Wellness Base Camp in Bendigo, Saturday, October 27. Tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Bredo, the wellness world can get a bit confusing at times, particularly when it comes to protein powder. Sure can, MP. Some protein powders have nasty fillers, artificial sweeteners, flavours, and not to mention a poor source of protein. This is what sets True Protein apart from the rest. It's true, MP. True Protein has no gimmicks, no false promises, no nasty fillers, no artificial sweeteners or flavours, and a total honesty policy that ensures every ingredient list is transparent and pure. Not to mention, True Protein is absolutely delicious, GMO-free and grass-fed. True Protein is the premier choice of world-class athletes, sporting teams, and wellness enthusiasts all around the world. And for listeners of The Wellness Guys, you can get an awesome 10% off your True Protein order when you use the code WELLNESS10. Just go to trueprotein.com.au and enter the discount code WELLNESS10 for 10% off. Surely that's too good to be true, Bretto. It's the truth, MP. Wellness Guys listeners get 10% off your True Protein order when you use the discount code WELLNESS10 at trueprotein.com.au. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey Brett, this episode's brought to you by Forage. Forage, love my Forage cereal, Damo, my Forage Paleo, with uh, such a great way to start the day. I make my little homemade almond meal, uh, almond milk, I should say. I put some uh, strawberries on it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I love forage. Um, I created it with your health in mind, and obviously I created paleo because you told me to. And uh, so <laughs> thank you so much for that. But this episode is brought to you by Forage. It's a great tasting, incredibly healthy, no added nasty muesli range that uh, I created to help you stay well. So if you want to see more about it, go to www.foragecereal.com. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. This is Damien. And this is Brett. Do you like that we're doing that now? I'm all over it now. Yeah. I'm Brett. Yeah. I make everyone call me Brett now. Just Brett. Not Brett Hill. I say say I'm Brett, like Madonna. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Except she's heaps good. This is the thing, right? It's a little bit different. A little bit different. Same, same, but different. Hey, great little chat today with Scott Gooding. Um, People would know Scott. 
Um, either they've stalked him online, they've watched him on My Kitchen Rules, they've seen him as an ambassador for Whirlpool or Certified Organics Australia or Undivided Food Co., the Rise Foundation, the Black Dog Institute. They might have even signed up and listened to his podcasts on the Scott Gooding Project. But he's everywhere. But Scotty's he's kind of a peaceful kind of character, isn't he? Yeah, he's a good bloke, Scotty. He's one of the good guys, I reckon. Just a really down-to-earth guy, got a very sensible, practical approach and he's just out there sharing some really good information about food, about exercise, you know, obviously the mindset stuff. He's a good guy. I like Scotty a lot. We've had him on uh, that Paleo show, Damo. Do a little bit of cross promotion, a little bit of plug there. I've nice. had a good chat to him on there as well, good. and uh, had him come came to Adelaide and did a talk for us in Adelaide, which was awesome. Oh, so, nice. and everyone everyone loves him. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, probably when he wears that black T-shirt and gets his tats out, heaps of people would like that too, I'm sure. That's the thing, isn't it? But he's uh, he's actually um, pulled together a little program co- uh, called Reconditioned.me, and uh, we'll chat a little bit about that in the show today. But what was really nice uh, in this particular podcast was to be able to get some perspective on who Scott is, what he's all about, what he's been doing, why is he talking about suicide, why has he done this uh, program around mindset, exercise and food. Um, and, and it gives a really nice, good insight into uh, who this guy is. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about the keto diet as well, which is super popular at the moment, and yes. a new thing that I hadn't heard, Damo, the new trend apparently, dirty keto. Dirty so keto. let's hear about that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's interesting, dirty keto. Um, I think people will be interested to hear what that's all about because, yeah, like just it separates it. It separates a little bit. It puts a little bit of a, a line in the sand and goes, well, you can do keto well or you can do dirty keto. You know? mm. So I like that. It was good. Enjoyed it. And so, Bredo, do you think we should get into the podcast? <laughs> Let's get into it, Damo. <laughs> great, mate. G'day, Scott. It's great to have you on the Wellness Guy show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, who's going to ask the first question? It's going to be me. I'm going to jump in, mate. It's, it's great to have you on the show. You know, many people will have first come across you way back in 2013 on My Kitchen Rules. I know, you know, for me... It was all the buzz in the paleo community that there were some guys on there cooking some slightly healthier food on My Kitchen Rules, and everyone was super excited about it. And obviously, you've gone on to do a lot of stuff since then, different TV shows, eight books, got your own program. So tell us a little about your journey since 2013, Scotty, because I'm, no doubt it's been quite a ride over the last five years. Yeah, it, it has, um, mate. And, um, you know, I'm eternally grateful for that opportunity back in 2000. Well, we actually filmed in 2012. Um, I don't It was such a, looking back, I guess, knowing myself then and now, like it was such an odd thing to do for me because I'm, I'm quite shy and, you know, I'm not one to kind of jump in front of a camera. If, you know, if there's a camera there, I'll try and avoid it as best I can. So it was quite, quite a confronting thing to do. Um, but I thought, it will be a lot of fun. There might be a few opportunities come of it and it might be a little bit of self-development in there too because it was so confronting. Uh, and, look, it was all those things. I, I uh, had a great experience. It was it was pretty terrifying, but I popped out the other end pretty unscathed because there's, there's the risk too that you're going to look like a, you know, you can be demonised or dressed up to look like a, a fool, but um, – Fortunately, there are enough other fools on my series that the attention was diverted away from me, um, and and it's just been great since. I, I can't I can't thank Channel Seven enough for for that opportunity because it allowed me to have a, a louder voice 
my my message didn't really change it just it just it just gave me a, a larger platform and so with that it, obviously lots of opportunities come but obviously you have a greater duty of care because now you're talking to to more people mm. um and then since then as you said i've had the opportunity to write a number of books which have been sort of pretty well received which is great um and now actually it's kind of come full circle because i've the re one of the reasons going on the the show was to a have a larger voice if that was possible to promote an online platform because back then back in the back in the old days it was only really michelle bridges that had mm. an online platform and I, I just felt being a PT that there was this ceiling as to the number of people who would hear your message. And mm. so I, I, I thought about the, the, the mechanisms or the pathway to kind of break through that ceiling. And, and obviously My Kitchen Rules is one of them. And so I, I had this concept for an online, um, online program back probably, I don't know, what, way beyond My Kitchen Rules. It was probably 2010, 2011. <clears throat> And it's literally just come to fruition sort of, I don't know, what's that, seven or eight years later. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I am at, at now, you know. I've, I've been lucky enough to write a few books and been on other um, cooking shows, which has been great. But, but the whole reason was for this sort of end game, which is this online program that I only launched about eight weeks ago. So I don't know what that says about me, whether I'm a bit of a slow slow mover or uh, easily distracted but yeah um <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's all of the above scotty i but it's yeah <laughs> who knows I mean, we're, you know we're what are we we turned seven basically today um and i for, oh, wow. uh, for the wellness guys uh yep yeah happy, well good on you congratulations thank happy you. birthday yeah thanks and we um you know we still haven't got our program out yet and people are screaming at us when you when's your program coming out so it is a lot of work we acknowledge that it's a heap of work to get done there's obviously a front end and a back end um but there's there's lots of thought that goes into it and revision so i know that one of my books that or the book the main book that i wrote that i have never released i decided to not release it once my philosophy changed around food um only you know 24 months ago so has your philosophy changed on food? Have you adapted? Have you molded? I mean, on my kitchen rules, yeah, it was different to yeah, what it I is now. Yeah, it would be not not wildly um, <clears throat> not wildly different. Um, you, you're talking about tweaks and and uh, the minutiae of it, rather than sort of broad brushstroke changes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely molded, and and that's the result of you know learning and studying and and, and research. So I think if you sort of stand still in terms of your philosophy, then you kind of you stop learning and you, you you're sort of not absorbing new information that might be credible and and relevant. So yeah, it, it so you know there could be you could argue that my philosophy will change again and, and perhaps my program will be obsolete in in a year or two years. But I guess because I've been in the industry for so long. I feel like I've crafted a philosophy over the last 15 years. And so now any, if there are going to be any, any changes, it is going to be that minutiae. It is going to be the fine tuning stuff. It's not, you know, it's not going to be a leap and a bound from removed from what I'm currently doing. And so Scotty, I mean, your philosophy has always been around this sort of uh, keto, you know, high fat, low carb idea. And, you know, 15 years ago, that was kind of, 
very much being frowned upon. You know, people were talking about Atkins and how unhealthy that was and all those sort of things. But, you know, you've, you've stuck with that message and it's come full circle now. Like keto is like the thing now. It's like the biggest movement, it seems, going around at the moment. What are your thoughts on keto now and how have they changed over those 15 years? Um, well, now keto's taken on a, a – well, it's funny. I'm actually standing in, in a community centre in, in Sydney and I was putting on keto classes, cooking classes about three years ago here, two and a half years ago maybe. And no no bloke no, – I can't swear on this podcast, can I? No, no bugger was coming. <laughs> but now if you put keto in an, an event title, like people come in droves, which is, which is interesting. Like it's just having its time in the, in the sun, so to speak. Uh, and, but with, with anything, whether it's keto, vegan, um, paleo, whatever food trend, there'll be a, a morphism of that too. And we're seeing that with keto, with dirty keto now. So there's this sort of morphing into something else, which is kind of removed from its purest version, um, perhaps to, to cater for, you know, modern day indulgences. So there's this, I don't know whether people would have, have seen it, I don't know whether you guys have seen it, but there's this sort of growing movement to this dirty keto. It's coming from the state, so it will be more and more prevalent over here over the next weeks and months. Um, so it's just this sort of uh, perverted version, if you like. So you might still be hitting your macros and you, you, you could get into ketosis, but uh, at the detriment to long-term health and longevity, I reckon. What's that? What, what are they doing wrong with the dirty keto program? Well, they're sort of disregarding the, the – so the focus is on – I guess the easiest way to, to look at it is the focus is on macros alone. <clears throat> so you're not really looking at the micronutrients. Yeah. So in terms of you know, any your veggies kind of, so and your – kind of protein. Uh, any kind of – any, yeah, just getting the right macro split to enable ketosis, um, but a very sort of low regard for, you know, your veggies. Because I, I get I get a bit of pushback that keto or paleo, for that matter, um, is devoid of you know resistant starch and all, all your your green goodness, but. It depends what version you're looking at. For me, and, I, and I, you know, I've just written a book on this, and I don't really talk about ketosis until you know the third or fourth chapter. To me, it's there's no sense in sort of manipulating your macros for a desired effect if you haven't established a, a firm foundation, and that firm foundation has got to have its roots in in real food. It's got to have its roots in cooking at home plenty of veg, plenty of good quality protein, all those sorts of, you know, nuts and bolts stuff. That's got to be your, your foundation. Once you've established that, then you can perhaps look to manipulate your macros. But it, it really depends what, what lens you're looking through. But for me, the lens is uh, a, a real food approach to, to health, and that includes plenty of greens, plenty of above-ground veggies. You can still have all that stuff Um and a high-fat diet, like the, the, the two aren't sort of independent of each other. It seems crazy, Scotty, because it seems like it's going full circle. Like we started off with this keto idea that it was just all about the macronutrients, and I don't know, it seemed to me like we kind of realised that didn't necessarily work, and, and that if we brought in some of the you know the aspects from the paleo community, looking at food quality and all those sort of things, then 
then they, they sort of merged together and it seemed like people were getting much better results. What do you think is driving this push back in the opposite direction? I mean, it always happens, doesn't it? It sort of seesaws backwards and forwards. But what do you think is driving this push back in the opposite direction? Is, is it just that people are finding it too hard to do a keto diet? Is it just that they want shortcuts and hacks so they can get there without giving up their treats? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I, I, th- I think we're so <clears> – perhaps we're so entrenched in, in this sort of industrialised, processed Western diet. Um that we're trying to, so we, we, we see the, we see the light, we get, uh, tantalized by, you know, this keto diet, let's, let's say, and we go, you know, they, they hear all the buzz around it. It's healthy. It's good for cellular health and longevity and, and all that stuff. So they, they, they kind of meet it halfway. I reckon they they, they, they got one foot in their processed industrialized Western diet and they reach out and they have one foot in this keto diet and they try and try and best they can trying to satisfy both because they don't want to relinquish their their convenience food and they don't want to relinquish all the stuff that tastes yummy but um trying to do the right thing as well does that make sense it kind of they want the cake and eat it too that's the thing that they're trying yeah i I think i think that's that's the perfect analogy Mm. But, but only as a metaphor, right? <laughs> Not for real. Like, yeah, low carb cake. Exactly. But the cake. thing is, like, and as you would, as you guys would know, and lots of you listeners, like, it, 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 there is no shortcut to to health. There is no shortcut to longevity. It it does require a little bit of planning, a little bit of preparation. Um, you know, if there was a shortcut, if if you could buy something on the corner store, like we'd all be doing it. But the the challenge is that it, it does require a little bit of perseverance and an understanding of the why behind the diet. But look, I, I think I think the biggest lever and driver for health is encouraging people back into the kitchen. You know, every, every time we every time we sort of outsource our food, whether that's Deliveroo or Uber Eats, we're relinquishing control and ownership of our own health. So the only way you can be the custodian of your own health, if you like, is to, is to cook in your own kitchen with with love and with real food. Mm. And I'm not naive enough to think that everything that you eat is going to be made with love in your own kitchen. But if, if you're striving for that, if, if you, you know, you, you're pushing that envelope every time, so half, half of all the things that pass your lips is made at home, the next month it's 60%, next month it, and it might, it might cap off at 80%, but if 80% of what's passing your, your lips, every nibble, every snack, every morsel, every sip, every slurp, then, then, you're kind of setting yourself up for success there. You know, it's a really optimal picture, I reckon. Yeah, so I it, my, my, my message has really sort of, um, I guess, changed in the last, yeah, the last two years, I reckon, because I, I reckon that's where the, the gold is. That's where the money, not the money, you know, in, in literal sense, but, you know, that, that's where the gold is mm. to, to encourage people to, to get back in the kitchen. And you do that by making food taste delicious, look delicious, make it alluring, make it sexy. You know, there's no point in sort of encouraging people to cook at home. 
um, when the health food tastes bland and, and tasteless and doesn't look colourful and doesn't have texture, like you have to, you have to inspire. Oh, that's so it has probably to be why um, my kitchen rules and you know, even to some extent, there are say at MasterChef gets people a little bit, you know, excited about you know getting mm. back into the kitchen because they can make some creations. But it could also be discouraging. But if you jump onto your website, like the your the but the Scott Gooding project, I think that actually has you've got some great recipes on there. People can actually easily do those and get access to that. But I just want to shift a little bit, you know, move away from the kitchen for a second, just get back mm. into the mindset because you've got this calmness about you, Scott, that I think that people listening to this go, ah, oh, you know, I look, actually I went to the gallery on your on your website and there's you cooking in the kitchen um, and there's a photo over your shoulder and there's a. And a, a lady there sitting next to another lady, and she's not really looking at the food that you're cooking. She's actually just staring dead straight into your eyes. So I think that there'll be a few people that are driving the, their car at the moment, thinking, "Oh, I'd love to be in the kitchen with Scott at the moment, making <laughs> making my food with love, or some other you know way around those those words being you know mixed around somehow." But uh, <laughs> Scott, I uh, I want to kind of shift a little bit to talk about um, the work you're doing um, in around the Rise Foundation and the Black Dog Institute. Um, suicide's not spoken about much in Australia and we need to speak more about it. We need to get out in the open because people are suffering in silence. Tell us more about that and why did you get involved in those organisations? Um, yeah, I came on board with Black Dog um, oh, maybe six years ago now. Um, so I'm the ambassador for a, an annual campaign that they do called Exercise Your Mood, so using exercise as a, a mood enhancer. Um, and actually had uh, Simon Rosenbaum, the exercise physiologist there and um, fellow of Black Dot Institute on a, on a podcast fairly recently, and he's a very interesting guy. Um, but ba- basically, yeah, I came on board about six years ago, and then about a year ago came on board with uh, Rise Foundation, who, again, are in the sort, same sort of pool in that they're talking about suicide prevention, talking about um, mental health awareness and and, and mood disorders and that type of thing. And it sounds, we talked about this off air, but it sounds a bit strange to be sort of aligned with with two organisations that are, you know, flying the same flag, so to speak. But, you know, I've spoken to both and they're both sort of more than, ultimately it's pushing the same message. So it doesn't, to me and to them too, it doesn't really matter uh, whose camp you're sitting in as long as you're sort of propagating the right message. But, I mean, suicide is something that's um, touched many of us, I'm sure. I'm sure you guys are the same in, in that you probably have someone close to you or know someone that that has been affected by suicide. You know, my, my dad attempted suicide when I was probably about 12. Um uh, fortunately, he he failed, but um, yeah, it's it is. What really gets me excited, boys, is that this is a, a topic and a subject that people are talking about now. Um, I mean, you you started off the conversation saying that we don't talk about it enough, but you know, circle back five years ago, it was very much a taboo subject. But now there's there's Rise, there's Live In, there's the Black Dog Institute. There's many many organisations that uh, are solely driven with the purpose of of getting of people talking, and particularly men talking, um, because because it is a, a really serious subject. But I but I 
but I do believe if, if we're talking, um, been encouraged to talk about sort of sensitive topics, then it can only be a good thing. And, and the Rice Foundation, who I came on board with maybe a year ago, 18 months ago, they have these very practical um, workshops. So they'll go into, it could be anything, it could be community, it could be corporate, um, and they have, they've, they've engineered this thing called um, uh, uh, mental health first aid. So it's a very practical approach to identifying where someone, when somebody, somebody is struggling, picking up the signs and importantly what to do when you see the signs. Um, you know, don't just walk off, like, you know, engage in conversations, support and follow-up and all that sort of thing, like really, really practical tools which, you know, when you're faced with someone who's, you know, um, struggling, uh, then it can be confronting being that person of support um but yeah it's it's uh they're they're a great they're a great grassroots organization um and and the guy who who fronts it is a guy called ben higgs who um i've had him on my podcast he's a great guy he's 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 kind of scary to look at because he's covered in tats and i and i say that because i'm I'm also covered in tats, but he, he's gone next level. And you sort of make this, and I, and I shouldn't because I'm, I've got a few tats, but you make this assertion or you make this assumption, sorry, of who he is. Um, but, look, get him speaking in a room and he will uplift you, he will motivate you, he'll inspire you, he'll make you cry because he's got real-life stories. And, and I did a workshop with him all about, uh, this notion of sort of mental health awareness and suicide prevention. And, you know, I, I felt like a bit of a fraud because we, we all went around the room and you, you kind of had to share your story with the other other members and a few people had gone before me and they had really strong uh, stories to share. You know, they had gone through personal hardship, um, you know, bouts of depression, suicide, suicidal thoughts, and they had real... Uh, so, so when I stood up, I preempted it and sort of said, you know, I, I don't feel like my story is is worthy of of telling. I don't, you know. Um, but what he said was quite was quite great actually. He was like, you know, we've all got a story, we've all got something to share, and if we've got something to share, then there's something to uh, inspire the next person by, and you sort of. And I've sort of that sort of resonated with me, um, and, I, and I just look forward to doing more and more work with him and the Black Dog Institute because you, you're right, we do need to talk about these subjects. But it is exciting that the conversation is growing. There's more and more noise around it. You know, I, I did a talk at um, this fairly new organisation called 180. They're up on the northern beaches of, of Sydney. Um, and look, you know, it's right on the peninsula. It's quite far out of Sydney. It's on a Wednesday night, middle of winter. I had myself and a couple of other speakers. Uh, they're a really new organisation. They're run by the youth, for the youth. I was expecting, you know, 20 people to show up. It was packed. It was like 110 people, people on the wait list. So, so to me, that's evidence that people are engaged. Their ears are pricked up. They mm. do want to learn the signs and the symptoms. Yeah, they're inquiring. It's great. It's mm. really exciting. 
And it's it's great that you're doing this work, Scotty. And and it's what we love about you is you know people think of you as the food guy because you're on My Kitchen Rules and you've done your cookbooks. But you know before you were the food guy, you were the exercise guy, and you were doing a lot of personal training stuff. But but also you're right into the mindset side of things. And I think you know this is what I guess people are looking forward to from you in terms of your Recondition Me program. So can you tell us a little bit about Recondition Me and, and what it is and who it's for? Um. Yeah, just on that, like I, with the mindset stuff, Brett, I, I, I've sort of, um, I guess through fifteen years of being a PT, like I have an insight into mindset, but I, but I'm by no means a, an expert, um, which sort of ties in with recondition me in that it's not just me. So there's a few holes that I feel that I don't have the credibility or the expertise to to fill to plug so um there's three sort of main pillars of health so there's nutrition there's mindset and there's exercise so i'm comfortable talking about exercise and fitness and health generally and i've got a um, a doctor of nutrition talking about nutrition i've got a doctor of, of psychology talking about mindset and and a mindfulness coach talking about mindfulness and guided meditation so basically recondition me is an eight-week online platform it's for everybody and anyone it's for he and she on the on the street it's for corporates it's for community basically it's it's um designed around a low inflammatory lifestyle so inflammation is the sort of cornerstone to um disease and uh, uh, um, ill health. So, what does a lifestyle look that's low in inflammation? What does a diet look like? What does a lifestyle look like? And so, I, I pulled in these specific people, these experts, to help create a a platform or a program that will enable people to adhere to a healthy lifestyle. But I guess I got frustrated over the years of seeing people and friends and family go from one program to another to one food philosophy to another and ne- never really getting any long-term traction um, and so I, I want people to be healthy and I want them to have health for as long as possible I want them to be as healthy as they can be for as long as they can be and that means unpacking the mindset component I, I feel that this is more important or of equal importance to nutrition and exercise you've got to get the mindset right um, and that takes, just like we were sort of alluding to earlier, that takes a little bit of preparation, a little bit of unpacking, a little bit of um, unearthing what are the mechanisms, what are the patterns of behavior, patterns of thought, um, habits, all those sorts of things that have led us to where we are. And we've exhibited those for the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So to then unlearn some of those bad patterns of behavior and habits but then at the same time forge new positive ones that that's where the gold is because then once you've sort of re-established or reconditioned without pun intended but you've reconditioned yourself to um align with a healthy lifestyle not just for the eight weeks but beyond 
Oh, I love it. I love it. It sounds so comprehensive um, and, and at the same time very accessible. I think it sounds uh, like a really nice place for people to kick off and just get started. Scotty, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on our podcast and I reckon we could talk for at least another half a day um, just with you uh, <laughs> chatting around and us just asking questions. I think it'd be great. But um, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast. I know Brett has too. And if people want to find out more about you, obviously they can go to reconditioned.me. That's one place you can go to. And of course, if you want to listen to Scott's podcast, you can go to his website, scottgoodingproject.com, and you can find out more information about him there. But Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the Wellness Guy Show today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Scotty. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash thewellnessguys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au and to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.